My heart has been heavy this week as the Afghanistan horror has recalibrated my thinking, realizing that people are leaving with the, literally the shirts on their back. And my heart breaks for our community as we get ready for the fall and going back to school and all that the fall promises. I love the fall. I love the fall colors. I love leaves. I love seeing students go back to school. I love the fact that I think that my favorite football team is going to win the Super Bowl this year, or for sure next year, or maybe in two years. But give me five, and we can talk. But what's been really hard for me is the culture that we have in our community of anger and frustration. I think especially, and one of our prayer focuses is the educators and the teachers and the principals who are, again, facing a situation that they can't win. I think of frontline medical workers. Some of you are here, and you're feeling the pinch and the push of what's going on. And all I have to say is my heart is heavy for law enforcement, and you know the cultural narrative that's going on. There is a culture of anger and frustration, whether it's the pandemic or the vaccines or masks or mandates or recommendations or news reports or politics or just this understanding of what's next. You have seen fights in Major League Baseball games, fights at football games. You've heard of reports on air, airplane flights in retail stores, and you probably have a story as well, too. Just last week, I, I thought I gave the guy enough room, but I was on Claremont, going west on Claremont, and a guy in a huge pickup truck, a really big pickup truck, an expensive pickup truck. Did I mention it? It was a really cool pickup truck. He rode my tail for a half hour, or a half hour, a, a half a mile. And I had all kinds of non-pastoral things kind of going on in my heart. And there was just kind of a slight whisper that just said, what's his story? Everyone has a story. I had a friend of mine challenge me recently that made me really ask the question, how do you navigate this? How do you navigate this? How do you make sense of this? And I was reminded of a man who spoke into my life as a senior in high school, and it's, I think, what the Lord used to give me a call to ministry. It happened at Hackensack, Minnesota, overlooking Stony Lake, the Bible camp I grew up in. My, the speaker became a mentor of mine. His name was Don Flaidlin. I went to a Bible college, and as he followed me and tracked with my life, he would continue to repeat this mantra to me, and he banged it into my head, and he banged it into my head, and he said, Kirk, you'll never go off the rails if you stay in the heart of the gospel. You'll never go off the rails if you stay in the heart of the gospel. Because in the heart of the gospel is where we have hope in Christ. He's come to redeem sinners. And I qualify. Do you? He's come to set captives free of death, of Satan, of hell, and the power of sin. The, the idea that once I believe in Jesus, God treats me as if I've done everything Jesus has ever done before. Once I believe. And if you've never heard of that before, welcome to Christianity. You may have been stuck in religion. It came from Tim Keller. It's a good word. So this is the hope that we have. The hope that we have is that Christ has come to redeem sinners. So we do 
Now, at the beginning of our message, something that we usually do at the end of our message, we ask a question. You see, we're disciples of Christ. When we hear the word of God, it's not just a message that we go, ooh, that was a really good message. Boy, I really liked your sermon. We, we, we want to be hearers but doers. So these questions that are printed at the back of your bulletin came from a pastor by the name of David Platt. I thought they were fantastic. He said this, everyone worldwide is impacted directly or indirectly by the pandemic in varying degrees. There are some in this room watching online or listening to my voice who have lost a loved one. Their businesses have been closed and it's blown them apart financially. Plans and celebration have been canceled and they have a wound. And I'm not even talking about the mental and emotional trauma that will have decades of ripple effects. In these circumstances, it's tempting to consider one's personal needs above the needs of others. So read and reflect on Philippians chapter 2 through 5. What measures might you take that in these challenging times, your perspectives more clearly reflect God's perspectives? And so what I invite you to do is when we open up the word of God, oh, it lives. Oh, this is true. Oh, it's a mirror that shows a dirty heart. Ah, oh, it shows God's ways. I invite you to do that. We're in a series. We're concluding a series, getting near the end of it, entitled Summer in the Psalms. If you're a guest this morning, we've been in a bundle of sermons that are all bundled together called the Hallel songs. They're called Alleluia songs. Good scholarship says that these were the songs that Jesus sang in Matthew 26, when he left the Last Supper and went on to the garden, they're, they're all, they all kind of have a code word, if you will, a password, if you will. At the beginning of Psalm 113, not 14, but 15, 16, and this 17, the password is praise the Lord. At the beginning, praise the Lord at the end. That's the password. Now, one thing interesting about Psalm 117, it's kind of Bible geeky, but it's kind of fun. This is depending if you're reading a Latin Bible or an English Bible, this is actually, actually the middle of all the scriptures. 117 if you're Latin or 118 if you're in, uh, reading from an English Bible. Now, it's only got two verses, so it's the shortest chapter in the entire Bible. But you might think, what can two short little verses do? What can they do? They have a grand vision way bigger than just two. And when you read these Hillel Psalms, over and over and over and over again, you just have to sing. You just have to praise. There's this wooing, this inviting, this welcoming. And you gotta sing. You gotta shout hallelujah. You gotta say to others, there's really hope in this messed up, broken world. There's really hope. So listen, it's written right here. Psalm 117, hear the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you tribes. For great is his love toward us. His faithfulness endures forever. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, this is your word. We don't know who wrote the psalm, but whoever did packed a bunch of truth in two short verses. Come Holy Spirit in a fresh way. Help us understand. In Jesus' name.
This message is entitled, Great is His Love Towards Us, and we see what that love is like in this way. This is our first observation, is this. The, the word us, that's in verse 2, is actually linked to a grand vision of grace extended. Let me repeat that again. The word us is linked to a grand vision of grace that's extended. So let me explain it or put it this way. You could literally, you could literally uh, say the verse this way. It could actually read this way. Praise the Lord, covenant God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All you Gentiles is actually the word. So who's a Gentile? Well, easy. It's a yes, no question. Are you Jewish? No. You qualify. You're a Gentile. That's the word. All you Gentiles. And then it goes on to say exult. The word exult means to loud, boastly congratulate. <laughs> Applaud him. Covenantal God of Abraham, of Moses, of Solomon. All you, and the word literally is tribes. Tribes. Now, isn't that an interesting word? Especially now that the word literally means tribe, and we talk about tribalism. My tribe, my people who think like me, act like me, talk like me, believe like me, be careful. Be careful. If tribalism is something that you go, I like people like me. I like my tribe. Be aware of tribalism. There's a caution here. Now, here's tribal. Here's Bible, tribal, 101. Say that a bunch of times. Bible, tribal, 101. Bible, tribal, 101. <laughs> here it is, three things. Oversimplified, but here it is. Tribes is a big deal in the Bible. Genesis chapter 49, Jacob blesses his 12 sons. Blesses them so that they will multiply and be an influence. People like Dan and Asher and Naphtali and Issachar. Now, I get the boys made. There's 12 of them, 49. It's a big deal. Ten tribes will form Israel in the north. Two tribes will form Judah in the south. Tribalism, Bible tribalism, or tribal 101, that's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Tribe is a big deal to Jesus. It's one of the identifying marks that he's the Messiah. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 3, lists Jesus' tribe. He came from the tribe of Judah. He's called the Lion of Judah. Now, here's the check. If you look at Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, this is prophetic literature. It's looking out into the future. It says this, After this I looked before me, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation. And it says, Tribe but the NIV gets that wrong. It's tribes. It's tribes. The idea is that these 12 became one and that the tribes would be more than you could count. It's always been that way. It's always been that way. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3 says this. I will bless those who bless you, Abraham, and I will curse those who curse you, Abraham, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Came to Moses, 
when he brought the people out of Israel. He said, you will be my, Exodus chapter 19, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests. What do priests do? Priests serve. Priests stand in the gap between a holy God and sinful people. And you and I are both ministers. You may look at me and say, that's your job, Pastor Kirk. No, you're a minister. If you love Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. You are part of this priesthood. Finally, this, this crazy invitation that Solomon was a part of. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 41. As for the foreigner who does not belong to the people of Israel. We're talking Gentiles. They come from a distant land because of your great name. They'll hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arms. And when they pray, come and pray here from heaven, here in your dwelling place. It was always supposed to be this way. Through Abraham, the promise was to come to us. The Presbyterian pastor who I quoted before, Tim Keller, said this, this challenges the idea that all good people go to heaven. It's open to all, yes, even those who don't lead a good moral life. It's for not, it is not for those who think they're good enough, but only for those who throw themselves at the mercy of Christ. So let me explain it this way. Great is his love towards us. In 2019, uh, the church... Um, graciously sent my wife Julie and I and Pastor Brian and his delightful daughter Cammie along with Dean Hansen and a team of us to Chad and learned so much. And when we were in Chad, uh, our mission mobilizer, Dan Venberg, he's a son of the congregation, said this. He said, you need to know a couple things about the people that we're going to meet, the people groups that we're going to meet in Chad. They're not all the same. One of the adopted people group that our small network of churches has adopted is a people called the Balala. He said, they're like Italians or Greeks. They're, they're just, they just embrace you. They hug you. They, they show lots of affirmation. They show lots of affection. And my son-in-law is, is, is Italian and his mom's Italian and she's a hugger. That's what Greeks and Italians do. Can I get an Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these Balala people, they're dancing. They're expressive. They gave me a goat. Like, what am I going to do with a goat? And then we met the Fobe people, the ones that we have adopted as a church. You hear a lot about them. And then Dan said, Kirk, they are totally different. They're like Norwegians and Scandinavians. They're stoic, but super caring. Now, they're different from us in this way too, that they come from a Muslim background. And quite frankly, that has great cost if you follow Christ in that culture. But this is part of the tribes. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 15. That's why we have this call to worship. This was always God's plan. Always, always, always God's plan. So this paraphrase from Romans 15 has been really helpful. So reach out. The, the actual word there is a compound word for the word reach, the original language. The, the first part of the, the word means to move towards, 
And the second part of that means intentionally, to move towards someone intentionally. Have you ever heard someone say, I need to be intentional about this because it just won't happen on its own. The Apostle Paul writes, reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. Jesus did it, now you do it. Jesus staying true to God's purposes. Reached out in a special way to the Jewish insider so that the old ancestral promises would come true for them. As a result, the non-Jewish outsiders have been able to experience mercy and to show appreciation to God. Just think of all the scriptures that will come true in what we do. For instance, then I'll join outsiders in a hymn sing. I'll sing to your name. And this one, outsiders and insiders rejoice together. A direct quote from Deuteronomy 32:48. And this final one. And again, people of all nations celebrate God. All colors, all races give hearty praise. A direct quote from Psalm 117, verse 11. You see, this was the rub when our glorious Lord Jesus met with religious people called the Pharisees and Sadducees. This was the rub. Jesus was hanging with the us's that weren't in the tribe. He, he hung out with financial extortioners called tax collectors, those who were immoral sexually called prostitutes. And then Jesus, when he told his most famous story, one of his two most famous stories used as the punchline someone outside the tribe from a despised group of people called the Samaritans. Jesus said, who acted like the good neighbor? And the only true answer could be, it was the Samaritan. You see, this is the law of God. When it exposes our hearts and we say, I don't like certain kind of people. Why are they that way? Why are they acting that way? I appeal, I beg of you to see this, that you and I are sinful. And so are others. I beg of you to understand and realize this, that we are loved by Jesus. And God wants to extend that to others that we may not see eye to eye on. Here's the second observation of his great love towards us. His great love is paired with perfect strength that endures forever. We see this in verse 2. Let me repeat that again. His great love is paired with perfect strength that endures forever and that will last into forever, fresh and as intact when you first experience it. Let me explain it and say it again like this. One way that you could read this verse is this way. For great, look at verse 2, for great is your strength, your mighty prevailing power and love towards us and your faithfulness or your firmness in truth endures forever. We praise you, Yahweh, the covenant God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So where do we see that in Scripture? We see that in Scripture this way. We see it, I'm going to go through these verses really quick, not to make you mad, but how do we see this perfect strength? Well, one way we see it is in Psalm 103. In Psalm 103, we see how God measures his love towards us. You can say, you can't measure God's love towards us. Well, apparently he can. 
Because it says it right here in Psalm 103, verse 13. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And before you go, you can't measure that. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him will never die but have eternal life. That's a measurement. It's a real person who walked on planet earth. Philippians chapter 2 says that he left all of glory, all of power, and became a servant for some wretched man like me. That's how you measure it. Psalm 116 gives us this promise. What is God's love like? His love is compassionate. The Lord is gracious and righteous, and he is full of compassion. He always leads with grace before righteousness, before holiness, before justice. What is God's love like? It is this way, full of grace, full of righteousness, full of compassion. No sinner is ever turned away. And finally, in Psalm 100, we read this, that the Lord is good and his love endures, goes on for a long duration in antiquity into the future. Why do we say that? Because we serve a risen Savior. This is the miracle of Easter. Let me just give you an example. Uh, for five years, I worked as a waiter when I was getting my, one of my college degrees, and then three more years uh, when I worked on my master's degree. I actually made more money in Fergus Falls, Minnesota, small little Fergus Falls, than I did in Edina, Minnesota, one of the wealthy communities of the Twin Cities. I made, the money was great. And one of the things that they teach you as a waiter is good service. So when I go out for a meal, I always love when a waiter has, or waiter or waitress gives good service. I give them a good tip. And I've been trained that if they give you a bad tip or a bad service, even tip them higher, which will be a test of your sanctification, okay? So one of the things that they train you as a waiter or waitress is when you give someone your meal, within a reasonable amount of time, you come back to the person and you ask a question like this, so how's it tasting? Is everything okay? What do you think? Is it what you were hoping for? And if they say yes, you're probably going to get a good tip. And if they say it's horrible, you're probably going to get stiffed. Just saying. Had that experience just a little bit. Well, when someone has a good taste for the very first time, more than likely, their second taste is going to be just as good, and their third taste, and their fourth taste. If they have a really bad first taste, you're getting stiffed. Why do I say that? Matt Redman wrote a song in 2013 called Bless the Lord. And the third verse went like this, And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near, and my time has come, still my soul will sing your praise unending. Listen to the last verse. And then, then we usually have a bass that goes boom, boom. 10,000 years and then forevermore. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship his holy name. After 10,000 years, it will be fresh and intact like your first bite. 
And when you get to heaven and you say, wow, oh yeah, we're not alone. Let me just remind you, we're not alone. The heart of the gospel is the hope that we have that Christ has come. The key to this passage is it's linked with grace that's extended. This second verse reminds us again that his great love is paired with perfect strength that endures forever and ever and ever and ever. There is hope, and it all rests on the shoulders of a man named Jesus Christ. He's coming back again. This is the message that we have, and it is what our Heavenly Father longs for people, tribes, to experience. This was Jesus' high priestly prayer. He longed for the church, for us, friends, to be the fragrance of Christ, not the stink of anger. What a moment for the church. What a critical moment for the church. And yes, it starts with me, and it starts with you, and repentance. And as I said before, you open up God's word and say, Lord, show me my blind spots. Show me my sin, because this is true, and you want to show me that. This is the message our world desperately, desperately needs. And we have an answer because of Christ. Because of Christ. Let us pray. Father, I'm not sure how this message lands in the hearts of this beautiful bride named Bethesda. But I pray, Lord, that you would use our church and other gospel-teaching churches and Christian campus ministries at our university and our tech and our high schools and our gospel ministries in our community, our mercy ministries. We serve. We pray. We give. We cling to this hope that our Afghani sisters and brothers are clinging to that Christ has come. Help us respond with humility and compassion and service. We love you, Lord.